0: Welcome back to Autopsy for Horror Movie. My name is Brucker, and today on the show, I will be completing my fun little interview series of What's Your Favorite Horror Trope with the big horror trope that is universal, probably the first one everybody thinks of when asked, what is your favorite horror trope? Today, I am discussing Final Girls. I was first joined by Jackie and Kendall of the horror movie podcast, Nova. We got into what makes Final Girls appealing to fans, who are some of her favorites, and what we define as a Final Girl. Who is a Final Girl? We also get into the differences of Final Girl portrayals early on in movies, such as Jess from Black Christmas and Laurie Strode from Halloween, and whether or not Road vs. Wade played a role into how they were portrayed. Later on in the show, you will hear my discussion with film critic and film blogger, Ellie of the Instagram account, Bad Critic. We also discuss final girls, how they're very interesting because we get to see them be active women in movies. We also try to see how their definition changes over time. And lastly, we do get into some horror tropes with technology and how tech is used in horror. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know which final girl you like the most. All right, guys. Enjoy the episode. I'm so happy to be joined by Kendall and Jackie of the awesome horror movie podcast, Terra Nova. Thank you, Kendall and Jackie, for joining me today. Hey, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, so as horror movie podcasters and you know horror content creators and artists as well, uh, Jackie was just telling me, uh, what, what sort of uh, horror movie tropes do you two like?
1: I'm going to let Jackie go first because she's going to sound smart and I'm going to just come in with something to add on later. <laughs> so
2: yeah, Jackie. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> All right. Um, I guess, yeah, Final Girls. The Final girl trope, which has been around since, like God, the 80s. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, really Psycho was kind of the first Final girl trope. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of like amped up the ante and then therefore, ever since then, the rest is history. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: they—they've always been my favorite since I was a kid. Um, I guess just like, for some, and I mentioned on our podcast, but for some of the obvious reasons, one, I'm a male and I love women, so that's great. <laughs> but then also, <laughs> because it's kind of cool to watch women be badass. Like I know right. that the trope has a lot of criticisms for some just and some unjust reasons, but in my opinion, it's always cool to watch a women woman navigate these dangerous situations. They just they handle them differently dudes we run in and punch everything and a lot of times women don't come to that conclusion until the end or until you know they get over whatever psychological problems they have so
0: mm-hmm. yes definitely for sure and it is like a pretty interesting like kind of trope to get into because kind of like what you were just kind of getting into it's very it's it almost feels like that the trope kind of like evolved by accident almost because it was supposed to be kind of like even more scary for the audience because I feel like people are supposed to be like, oh, this is, you know, a woman that's stuck in this situation. You know, they're not, you know, muscular or anything like that to fight off their adversaries. But it's we end up, you know, really rooting for them, and we and we get to see how they think or fight their way out of it, and it, you know, through that we get really strong characters. So Jackie, uh, what what about a final girl kind of like sticks out to you, or what do you find appealing about them?
2: guess in a sense that they kind of start out as the damsel in distress and we see that all the time in every type of movie not just horror but what makes them different is that they have the courage to be like alright I- I'm done with this I'm gonna fight my way to survive by any means necessary and I think that's what appeals to Friday Girl because mm. especially now like I feel like from the 90s you know Scream Sydney Prescott kind of changed the narrative of what a what a final girl is, because you know the original trope is all oh, the final girl is you know she's a virgin, she's pure, she's submissive, she's this and that. But then when Sydney Prescott came into you know the playing field, totally different because she was someone who was having sex. She was someone who was kind of making fun of the tropes themselves, but. She was just like, you know what? I've been through all this stuff before. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not the victim. I'm going to fight my way through. And I think that's what I like about Final Girls. Is is, Yeah, because they really are badasses, like Kendall said. I mean, look at Ridley Ridley from Alien. Right, yeah. Ultimate badass, you know? And it's just just great. It's it's really great.
0: Uh, How would you... Do you two have, like, a specific definition of a Final Girl? Like, is there certain qualities or characteristics that like a character in a horror movie needs or doesn't need to have these certain things that would qualify them as a final girl
1: well in my case i at this point now i i look at the final girl as just the one who makes it to the end because like the definition has been expanded so far beyond the 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 normal tropes and traits that kind of came with it that like at this point, if you're the final girl who makes if you're the girl who makes it to the end of the film and everybody else is pretty much dead, be a final girl. <laughs> That's kinda <laughs> how I view it in my book. So you, cause you can even look yeah. at the character from uh, what is that movie? You're next. Uh, with that with that girl, I forgot her name off the top of my head, but she's kicking ass the entire film. Like at no right. point in that film is she a dance with any sort, if anything, she's the reason why anyone's making it through the film. Right. Yeah. And she would still be considered a final girl in my book.
2: I feel the same way. The same thing with um midsummer in a way she's a final girl as well in midsummer but kind of reverse you know because usually for final girls they go through so much trauma so much chaoticness Mm -hmm. just to be all like relieved at the end but for this one it was just crazy (laughs) like midsummer (laughs) was just like so interesting because like yeah she went through so much stuff like her boyfriend or her boyfriend her friends are all butchered alive and she's just like there this beautiful flowery you know moment and she's she's horrified but then she has a clarity of like oh i'm at peace now so in a way she, she's kind of like a unique version of final girl and and yeah like it, it has changed so much that you can't really give it one definition
0: that's a good point because it does kind of seem to be a very uh evo- like an ever-evolving sort of thing right um I liked how uh, at the beginning of this, you brought up Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was kind of, you know, Sally was one of the first final girls. And if we were to just watch that movie today, she kind of doesn't necessarily, unless I'm forgetting something from the movie, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Um, she doesn't necessarily follow all of the same rules that we have like what some people would typically think um such as like you know being a virgin or just you know denying sex in a movie because if as long as as long as i'm not forgetting a scene she doesn't there's no like chance for her to have sex in that movie i don't think (laughs) or like they're yeah so that so so we kind of just see that she you know what kendall says she's dwindled down to just her and uh she 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 like kind of like scraps and fights her way out of to find rescue, not necessarily to defeat her adversaries. But then you know, kind of like how you're saying with uh, Sidney Prescott, or I'm sorry, the next thing would be. Laurie Strode what some people will probably call you know one of the ultimate final girls uh or probably one of the most popular ones and how you know she doesn't have sex like the rest of her friends and she is one of the last ones in there so we kind of see that quick evolution and then what Jackie was describing with Sidney Prescott how she did have sex and she still <laughs> she still won the day <laughs> Uh, do do you two have any, like, favorite final girls? Do you all have any personal favorites?
2: Um, I think Kendall and I both equally love Sydney Prescott.
0: Right. It's hard not to, <laughs> like, right?
2: <he's> like, <laughs> yeah, like, she's basically our favorite one. I mean, I would say Jennifer Love Hewitt, but her character was just so annoying that her character just makes me laugh the whole yeah. time. I still did it last summer. I'm just like, girl, please. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would say Sydney and, um, I mean... Jamie Lee Curtis is like a final girl in every movie she does, not just <laughs> Halloween which was her first start, but just, yeah, but the only main final girl that I will always continuously love would be Sydney Prescott. I mean, even in the second one, the second movie, she was like I'm a fighter. I'm gonna fight. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's my girl.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Scream is like my favorite horror movie ever, so it's kind of hard to be on that. But to add <laughs> on to that, just to add on to that for the second conversation, I was just kind of trying to think of somebody else, just kind of like be different. Uh, yeah. Uh, from *Dust till Dawn*, the daughter who makes it at the end. Oh damn! She would technically be a final girl. Yeah, the, she's like her and George Clooney, are the last two that survive. Like George Clooney makes it as well, but technically, wouldn't she be a final girl? She was a Danzo all throughout. You like feared that she would get attacked by Quentin Tarantino's character, who was a creep. Mm-hmm. But she makes it all the way to the end, and is kind of like a uh, another version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer throughout the rest of the film. <laughs> she gets the crossbow. <laughs> she starts shooting right. everything. She does everything she needs to do to survive. I think actually she was a... Yeah, she helped them get out at the end when they shot all the holes in the club for the sunlight to come through. and Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in some ways she would be considered a final girl as
0: well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I would have to agree with you too. Sydney Prescott's one of my favorites. I mean, how how, how could you not? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Another one that I really like, and I've talked about this before on the show, but um, Jess from Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas, uh, Olivia Hussey's character... I, I've always really liked her because she, because again, this was one of the first like, kind of incidents of like a final girl because Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw came out in the same year, and uh, John Carpenter has, you know, been very um, open open about how much Black Christmas inspired him to do Halloween, and Jess, her character is such a strong female role, and because you know she is. she's defying so many things you know she's saying i'm pregnant i'm not married but i'm not going to get married because i want a career and i'm going to get an abortion because it's my body my choice and you know for to center your movie around a character like that in the 70s must have been extremely taboo but i love it that they went ahead and did it and she even kills the person that she thinks is trying to kill her so you know she was she she was pretty badass um i I always always like jess from black christmas
2: Oh yeah, she was. That movie was so revolutionary, and we actually covered that movie for the podcast. And yeah, in our, in our research, we found out that the film came out a year after the Road versus Wade law was oh. instated. So a lot of people felt like maybe that influenced the film, except you know, with the subject matter of having an abortion, my body, my choice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, I mean, ugh. I mean the remakes are just so awful because they kind of erase, you know, <laughs> Jess's whole with her pregnancy and her mm-hmm. abortion. And it just became like, you know, jump scares and, and like, how much CGI blood can we put on top of CGI blood basically. Yeah,
0: just a lot of so, eye trauma too. Yeah. yeah,
2: so yeah, definitely. Like the first one was just like such a staple and such, so revolutionary that I feel like, and I, I told Kendall this once when we did the recording, if this movie came out in this era, or like if it was remade the same way, but now it would totally have a different response. Because I think when the film came out, it didn't really do well. It didn't make break like you know, it didn't break box office records when it came here to mm-hmm. the states, but it did in Canada. But over here now, totally different response if, the, if it came out now, like in this whole century.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, I think that it would have a completely different sort of wave uh, if it did come out today.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I'm happy I, like, I even participated in his conversations. I only saw the movie for the first time a few weeks ago. <laughs> 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 when we did our episode, that was the first time I saw the movie. So I was like, oh, great. Jackie's been telling me to watch this for a while. I'm happy I finally get to sit down and watch it. Good for um, you, yeah, Jackie.
0: Jess, G- good for you, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was that's,
1: like, this is so yeah. cool.
2: That's me all the time, always telling him, you gotta watch this, you gotta watch that. How you call yourself a horror fan if you never watch them? What's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm getting, I'm getting my rank up. But uh, yeah, Jess is dope. Like I like her as a character. The movie is great, and I, I mentioned this on the episode as well. But I was like, if I recall, this is a Canadian film, mm-hmm. which kind of made me question. I, one, I wonder how much the Roe versus Wade case kind of like impacted Canada. Like if they just, if it made them reconsider it or if i wonder if they were just like ahead of us on that topic in in particular and that's why we got that kind of character like Jess mm-hmm. because i feel like if if we're going by the rules of like with the law of the land then technically we didn't get Jess here yeah. <laughs> we got Jess in Canada which means america probably hasn't even really made a film about in that time period about a character like that so like i guess god bless canada on this one this might be when <laughs> they beat us too so, I, I, and I that's still wonder that to this day, I'm, I am still wonder if Canada was just kind of ahead of us on that specific topic, and which is why Jess was that kind of a character. And maybe that could, that could be why it didn't impact in America as much. Maybe we didn't get it mm. as heavily here in theaters when it came out. Because I'm sure there were women who already felt that way at the time. So if the movie would have came out here, they would have wanted to see it. But I don't know if, you know, the general public felt that same way about those specific issues around like abortion and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I always wonder how that would affect it. But yeah, as Jackie said, if that movie came out today, people would be like, "Yeah, hell yeah, this is like this is how we feel now, so this is great." And it's just a good movie. It's a
0: damn good movie. It's great. It's also hilarious. <laughs> a yeah, it's
1: a really good movie. Still like fairly scary considering when it came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. those phone calls are super scary. Um, Kendall, you yeah. you you just gave you just brought up a good point and made me think of something. It's interesting that. You know it's it's a canadian movie and about you know everything we just talked about this person this uh, female character deciding to have an abortion i'm going to call it kind of like it's i don't know spiritual predecessor with halloween because it came out four years later and carpenter is very open about how much he was influenced by uh, black christmas to do that and so it transitioned from a final girl that is okay to get an abortion to a final girl that just won't have sex. So we're, we're just going ending the conversation <laughs> there with abstinence. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like this different thing, you know, Canadians be a little bit, maybe more progressive with this, but like in the American, maybe for like the American audience, it's just like, Oh, let's just make her, let's just make her abstinent. Just so that way we don't even have to like deal with it. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And, um, not to sound terrible, cause I know people would send us hate mail like I, I don't think like I think Halloween the first one is a great movie. Oh it's great. I think yeah. it is. It's it's great. I don't think it's as good as Black Christmas. I think Black Christmas is <laughs> I, a
0: better movie. Like I ooh, think
1: Black Christmas is a better girl. movie.
0: It's and it, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Sorry. And to add on to that I I, I think Jess is a far better final girl. <laughs> which I know will probably get me killed, but I don't care. Like show up at my house. I got weapons. But <laughs> <laughs> Well it kinda, <laughs> it kinda depends think she's which, a far better final girl
0: she's able to self defend in the first movie and Laurie Strode did a little bit but like uh Loomis did did still have to kind of save the day at the end of the movie but i would probably take Laurie Strode from Halloween 2018 over the two of them yes so but she also yeah, has however, the advantage yeah. of going through one movie so <laughs> yes and a lot of,
1: apparently a lot of people don't seem like to claim the 2018 version they like to say that's like one of the worst ones what so like, i love that movie that's a bit vi- that's what I said. I think it's one of
2: the better ones in the whole franchise. Oh, do, you, but do you dislike like, it, Jackie? Like it. No, but I'm, I, I just want to add on that because when we did the whole Final Girl episode, we talked about how they don't really show the aftermath mm-hmm. of being a Final Girl. The 2018 Halloween showed a great perfect example of what happens after you're the Final Girl. Mm-hmm. Like, Laurie Stroll had so much trauma, so much PTSD that she brought up her daughter to learn how to use a rifle, learn how to use guns, because what if he comes back? What if he comes back? And even though her daughter was just like, oh, you're crazy, he's not going to come back, but she always had the back of her mind. He could still be out there. And that's what I loved about 2018 Halloween, because that's, that's the aftermath of being a final girl after all that trauma she went through.
0: Yeah, all the PTSD. Like, that can just
2: go Yes, and that doesn't go away. You know, we see it sometimes, you know, at the the cliffhanger of certain movies, like the remake of When a Stranger Calls, you know, she's all traumatized and scared. And then Scream is also a good example of the aftermath of Final Girl. You know, you see it in Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, and Scream 4, that she cannot escape that, no matter what, no matter who's behind the face. Like, yeah, it's great being a Final Girl, sure, you're the fighter, but then you have to... For the rest of your life, be like, am I still in danger? Am I really safe? So, for those who say that how they didn't like 2018 Halloween, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think they're crazy.
1: That's <laughs> one of the better ones in the franchise. I think they're crazy.
0: Yeah. And that's an excellent mm-hmm. point. It is, a, if it is in the nature of the final girl to suffer. And that is, you know, they talk about it in the cabin in the woods. Uh, it doesn't matter if she lives or dies as long as she suffers. And that seems to be a very key element. To the character, so yeah, I think it's good when we do get to have sequels or pro or epilogues or anything like that. Anything like that where we do get to see the effect. Um, that's something that's always kind of bugged me about Texas Chainsaw, where Sally just drives off with blood on her face and she's kind of laughing hysterically, and you just know she's going to live with this trauma forever. Mm-hmm. Um, really good point, Jackie. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, before we start to wrap things up, I want to. Plug your show some more because Terra Nova is a really awesome horror movie podcast, and you two have a whole episode dedicated to the final girl trope, which I did listen to before uh, hopping on today, which I highly recommend everyone to listen to and also your other movie uh, conversation, conversations as well. Oh my goodness, if I could talk. Um, I just wanted to say, Jackie, I'm so happy that you brought up uh, Carol J. Clover's essay, uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, because that is where the term final girl was coined and everybody go listen to Jack and Kendall talk about it. Cause it's a, it's a really good episode.
2: Thank, oh, you. thank you. man. I thank feel you. so happy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you,
0: thank you so much, Terra Nova, Kendall, and Jackie for coming on to talk to me a little bit about Final Girls.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. It's thank it's you. fun. It's always yeah. a blast talking about these topics, man. It's it's fun doing our episodes, but it's fun really doing an episode for anybody because <laughs> horror is great. It's more yes. diverse than people
0: think. Mm-hmm. And
1: I learned a lot from even Jackie's movie recommendations, but then we learn a ton when we end up doing episodes on topics like the final girl we did an episode on tokenism and recently we did another episode on foreign films like we we kind of like to jump around yeah. the spectrum that's the fun part of not having a boss in this space <laughs> you can kind of do what you yeah. want absolutely so we, jump, we jump between tv shows movies topics and anime even now because our most recent episode was castlevania the one that's on netflix so that's really great but it's fun
0: awesome well thank you again so much uh kendall and jackie everybody be sure to listen to terra nova anywhere you find podcasts thank you again i want to say thank you again to kendall and jackie of terra nova for coming on it was so lovely to talk with you all about final girls and I just find that so interesting about how Jess and Lori Strode were portrayed and how they're both very different kind of characters in terms of, like, you know, female sexuality and things like that. Um, I just I find those types of things very interesting and maybe worthy of a deeper dive for a future episode, maybe? I don't know. I'll see. But thank you again, Terra Nova. And if people are interested, I will have links in the show notes to listen to their final girl episode. Now, moving on to my next interview with Ellie of Bad Critic, we continue the conversation with final girls, and we kind of get into, like I said at the beginning, the definition of a final girl, how that changes over time, and again, what makes them appealing to people. But we also get into how technology is used in horror and how that is portrayed, which is also very interesting to think about. We kind of quickly discuss an episode from the X-Files, so I hope that you guys enjoy that. Oh, I also want to correct myself here and that i forgot the name of thomason from the witch in this so please don't hate me as i butcher and scramble to remember her name incorrectly now that i have that correction out of the way enjoy this quick word from Canaver dogs a very awesome podcast and then we'll get into the conversation with ellie a bad critic enjoy
1: what's so scary about scary movies what gets underneath your skin waking you up in a cold sweat at night? Greetings Horror hounds. I'm Rob Sercha.
2: I'm Devin Shepard
1: and I'm David B. Jacobs and we are Cadaver Dogs. Join us as we dig up the deep-rooted messages and cultural influences buried in some of the greatest films of horror cinema.
2: Each episode we'll pick two of our favorite scary movies and discuss their history, themes, and the filmmakers behind the lens. From Slashics, shriequels, and screenmakes, to B-Horror and Blumhouse, we're here to explore why you care about the movies and loves to scare. Subscribe to Cadaver Dogs wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on social media at Cadaver Dogs Pod and tell us what horror films you'd like us to sink
3: our teeth into.
1: See you next time, pups.
0: I'm so happy to be joined by Ellie, film blogger, critic, reviewer extraordinaire. You might know her as Bat Critic on Instagram. Thank you, Ellie, for joining me.
3: Thank you for having me. This is very exciting.
0: This is super exciting. You're, you are my first guest from uh, the, the Great White North. <laughs>
3: yes. Convert everybody to our Canuck ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Ellie, what um, what kind of horror tropes? stick out to you or what kind of horror tropes do you find interesting
3: um so you know as someone who's like watched horror movies ever since they were like a little kid the thing that really drew me into the genre was what i later learned was the final girl trope um but it was really just the first kind of time i saw movies that had like women being really active and 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 fighting and surviving um versus like all the other movies that I was watching, I loved adventure movies as a kid. Anything that really had a thrill or like that adrenaline rush to it. Mm-hmm. But horror movies was the trope that I, or horror movies was the genre that I found that really had like so many active women, fighting, fighting back, um, making choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems kind of basic uh, that that's kind of what i needed but um yeah that's how i that's how i ended up in it yeah
0: no i think that's a good answer because there's definitely a point in those movies where the the script flips about halfway or two-thirds of the way through the movie to where we find out oh this is the protagonist that we're following now and uh, we're going to to see them either fight and escape or fight and die so
3: (laughs) yeah and it's also like it's also like, I know it's like kind of the like mama of all tropes and when it comes to horror movies, but every time someone tries to define it, it switches, right? So it's that kind of trope where as soon as someone says like, this is a definitive final girl film of the whatever era. Mm-hmm. Well, now every other filmmaker that knows their stuff coming after them is gonna be like, well, now I got to subvert it, right? So there's this kind of like um, very rapid feedback loop that happens Within the genre, where um, the more the more content that's produced, the more pressure there is to like, well, what are you gonna do with it now? Like, are you just gonna do the same thing the last six movies did with a final girl surviving, or are you gonna try and bring something new to the game? You know, um, and I think that like the biggest move was like um, after Scream came out and like defined all the rules. They're like, well, now it's mainstream. We gotta do something different because horror horror is anything but mainstream. You know, so
0: right. Yeah. yeah. So which, which final girl, because you mentioned that uh, you, when, whenever you watched the, the, mo- the movie reference that uh, that mm-hmm. you kind of really got into it, what, what was the first final girl that you saw that kind of made you go, "Oh wow, like just really opened your yeah. eyes to it?
3: I was really trying to remember and uh, my memory is not great. <laughs> As I was like sort of preparing to talk to you, I was like, what the fuck was my first kind of, final girl but the one that really sticks out in my mind was like alien with ripley mm-hmm. like how can you not fall in love with that um and then oh nightmare on elm street was the other big one for me with nancy thompson um, exactly nancy thompson and just uh nightmare on elm street when she's like running around and uh, no one believes her she's like yo i'm right about this shit. <laughs> right i'm right someone's trying to come get us and no one believes her and so there's something about um that that I find really powerful also even though Nightmare on Elm Street just looks so goofy <laughs> case, but look I'm sorry when Johnny Depp gets like sucked through the bed mm-hmm. and the geyser of blood that was like a real light bulb moment in my brain it was just like this is the best thing ever
0: right yeah I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I I showed that movie to my girlfriend for her first time actually not too long ago and you know what? the scares are still effective because she was still jumping at stuff and she still had a big gasp for the Johnny Depp scene. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The special effects are a little whack, but the pacing is on point and like the storyline is good. Like, no, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a solid movie. Yeah. The next part of final girl stuff, cause I went to, um, humble brag. I went to film school, uh, oh. sort of, um, but, uh, it's not a brag at all because, uh, it almost killed my interest in, in movies, honestly. Oh, no. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but, like, that's where you start reading, like, academic... I got my hands on a few academic papers about um, horror, the very few that there are, actually. And so that's where you start reading about Carol Clover's whole, like, uh, mm. men, women, and chainsaws things, where she's talking about, like, the classic Final Girl in the slasher movie. But as I was saying, like, it evolves so much since then, so that, like, now you see so many movies where um, if you're gonna have a final girl, like, why just have one? Why not have more? So you see movies like, um, It Follows or The Witch or, um, like, Ready or Not are all good examples of, like, it's not just about, like, a random girl surviving this, like, chaotic killer, it's more about, um, the horror being a part of her story and her coming to terms with something personal and realizing something personal uh, and overcoming it or not
1: don't oh. spoil any of those
3: movies but um so you get more and more empowerment as we evolve and as we have more different people telling stories um you get these like much stronger characters still
0: for yeah. sure i always wondered like where was that fine line between her just being a final girl or her just being just a leading female role in a horror movie so i've always wondered like where's that fine line because like yeah like the witch i i i don't know if i would consider i think her name is sarah or samantha as a final girl but like some people do but i was like i think she's in my opinion i think i kind of see her as like this uh just leading role in a horror movie that happens to be female but um where what are some of her qualifiers to you that make you go no she's a final girl
3: yeah so you're, you're not wrong the initial definition of a final girl is like very very narrow it's specific to um slashers there's also like a particular like virginal uh, or virginal element to it um like it has to be there's like a moral component to or the way it was defined initially had a moral component too mm-hmm. um but i think with something like the witch uh I think it qualifies because you don't know who the protagonist You don't necessarily realize who the protagonist is in this situation. And it kind of is anyone's game, right? And, like, does she survive? I don't know. Is that surviving? Like, she makes a choice at the end that is kind of like a, a good-for-you choice, you know? Um, excellent
0: point. Excellent point.
3: But... I don't know and that's what i mean where like this trope i find so fascinating because it just keeps getting reinvented and like as soon as someone writes about it it almost becomes irrelevant at that point you can only <laughs> look at it like in the past and even then like i was trying to think about it like now it's like it's still an incredibly like very white very very heteronormative trope because i couldn't really think of any you know black women that would qualify as like the final girl or any like maybe older women maybe you know you see in uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's latest in the latest horror fra- um, Halloween franchise uh, would be an example of like maybe an older kind of final girl quote-unquote um, but it's still pretty like narrow in sort of like what women get to survive in horror movies even it's like still lots of room for evolving I'm, I'm just excited for like more movies especially with like a movie like us is, like, would be an interesting thing to be, like, is this a horror girl trope? Is this, a rever- like, an, an inversion of the trope? Like, quite literally an inversion of the trope, you know? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, lots of options. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So, some very good, like, thought-provoking things uh, for that. I love how everybody has kind of, like, a unique sort of definition and qualifiers for that.
3: yeah. It's a, I mean, everyone has such a personal relationship. I think horror itself is a genre that is so, like, personal to people. Because mm-hmm. it's not like I would ever just casually, like, suggest to someone I don't know to watch a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the
0: time, but yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's like, my first meeting. is, like, here's a great movie. Everyone dies. Like, no, no, no. So, like, um, when we do find each other, it's like, okay, now we can really get into the details of, like, what, Does all these things mean to each other?
0: You know, that's a good point too because like it's such. I mean, you know, it's it's genre, right? And it's Mm -hmm. it's so it is so different to recommend a horror movie than literally any other type of movie because it's and everybody knows. Oh, most people can think back, but oh, I remember the movie or TV show that got me into horror. Like, because it's there's so many different flavors of it, right? Mm But Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the movie that got me to action movies, but like, because, you know, they're all kind of, I mean, like, you know, I might get some backlash for this, but all kind of the same, but they're all fun. I really like them. But the, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's Mm -hmm. only a couple that stick out, I think, that do something different. But with horror, there's so many different flavors of it. It's like Baskin Robbins, you know?
3: (laughs) Yes. I mean, I mean, I guess everyone says that about their favorite genre, but that's, I mean, that rings true to me as well. So let's, let's believe it. Yeah.
0: So you also mentioned uh before we hopped on that you wanted, that you found how technology is used in horror movies to be interesting. Can you uh, kind of educate me on this a little bit?
3: Sure. So, you know, one of my one of my favorite things to find in a movie and this it doesn't necessarily just apply to horror movies, but it's usually particularly hilarious is um the way that uh, certain movies will use um uh computers or the internet as a way to instill fear or to explain some kind of like plot device um and by that i mean so the classic example is like you know um sandra bullock in the net right like there's this like virus taking over the world that's like somehow on floppy disks and that's like scary somehow but (laughs) and yet we have a thriller out of it like come on now what are we doing Um, but then you, it shows up in different, it shows up in a lot of different, um, horror movies that came out like in the nineties or in the early two thousands when like knowledge around computers and knowledge around the internet and how a lot of this stuff works was still really new. And therefore it was like really scary or it had the potential to be really scary. Right. Right. Um, so there's like an, there's a couple episodes of X-Files where like, there's a smart building that's killing people. Yes. and the smart building do you know which one i'm talking yes about? yeah i think it's in the yes. first or
0: second season yeah it's
3: really early it's real rough but like they're real scared about these like cctv cameras in the building like pointing at them it's very dramatic mm-hmm. or there's also a really early episode of buffy where um willow is like in love with an on a demon who's online um oh they like scan the book and now the demon's on the internet and it can go anywhere in the world in the 1997 computer world. (laughs) Oh, it's great. It just kills me. And I mean, anyway, so I I love the way that like fear comes out of the fear is always coming out of the unknown and it's always a blast to go back and watch older thrillers and older movies and see how they incorporate the unknown of technology Mm -hmm. into the plot of their fear uh, into the plot of their of their story um and when you look back on it now you're like "Ah aha all right well this is gonna be a fun one this is not scary (laughs) now but it's fun yeah Yeah.
0: that's a really good point and i think it's uh kind of interesting to see how how this is kind of evolving some with how technology is being incorporated into horrors um i think like a really good example uh something that's like pretty recent is the the, the newest The Invisible Man came out in 2019, yeah. I think. Because, you know, it was it was basically like the technology itself isn't exactly that scary, but it's just, you know, when it gets into the hands of this deranged person, then it becomes very scary. This technology becomes very yeah. scary. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good example. Yeah. And also, kind of like, I don't know if people would watch that and go, oh, that that's kind of kooky. I don't know if like people 10 years from now will think of that. Kind of like how we, with the... Uh, X-Files episode that you just mentioned, how, like, a building (laughs) becomes autonomous.
3: Oh, those scary CCTV cameras, like, um, excuse me. Um, but you also see, like, I mean, I also, one of my favorite scenes ever is, like, in The Fly, in David Cronenberg's The Fly, where he's, like, DNA is merging with The Fly, and then it shows the computer program running. And there's, like, an animated wireframe of a human and a fly, combining i'm mm. like who and who animated that <laughs> like that's just that's just there for us to understand what's happening but mm-hmm. like there's no way that machine exists and someone just like when i'm gonna in case someone's fly dna and human dna mix i'm gonna animate this to make sure that like there's a visual for this happening
0: so it, so the guy in the <laughs> back gets it yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that like comes up and all like that comes up and i think that happens also in like face off where they're like this new procedure no one's ever done and they have somehow like a, a 3d model of like a face moving on to another person's head i'm like
0: i'm I, my brain immediately how does that my brain immediately went to jurassic park with mr dna and mm-hmm. that's also like another example of the fear of the unknown but that one specifically yep. us we should be afraid of what we don't know what we don't know you know exactly because like we did yeah. the, the the people in the movie didn't really predict how the since they use frogs that they would be able to uh, mm-hmm. mix genders and be able to mate again. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, and that's a great example. That whole movie is about technology failing, mm-hmm. and every the whole first half of that movie is the power goes out. The computers are full of viruses. Somebody like their hacker is trying to rip them off. Uh, the cars don't really work. Like there's, um, you know, even when he gets on the helicopter at first, the seatbelts don't work at one point. He's like, oh, I've got two wrong pieces of the seatbelt. So every beat of that movie is about how like technology will inevitably fail at some point. Like you Mm -hmm. can't just rely on technology to keep you safe. Um, and uh it holds up that movie holds up I would. Say. it does it yeah. does absolutely yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah speaking of early in childhood influences god that movie <laughs> i watched it i was like 10 and i watched it and i was like i need to watch this movie again that was like oh yeah I, i'm high on a rush right now i need to see it again <laughs>
0: yeah i can't tell you how many times i like you know played jurassic park uh <laughs> and yeah that's a, i re rewatched that movie this summer and it absolutely holds up it's still so good
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but perfect example of of what I was saying where, like, you build in and, like, yeah, the computers look old or whatever, but, like, part of the fear in that movie is that, like, this shit, it's not working. This stuff is no good, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Ellie, for coming on. This was such a fun conversation.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad I got to, like you know, just like chat about horror movies with another horror fan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Ellie. And if people want to read some of your, some of your awesome blogs and uh, reviews, where can they find you?
3: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at um, bad critic with a little underscore at the end. Um, and I mostly post stuff a couple times a week and Sometimes I rant about movies I don't like. And <laughs> um, when I get my shit together, I also write more long form essays about uh, whatever's on my mind. So um, usually around movies in general. So
0: yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie. And everybody be sure to check out her her, her write-ups on, on these movies, good good and bad.
3: <laughs> good and bad. Thank you, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you again to Ellie a Bad Critic. What a very fun conversation about Final Girls and horror tropes using technology. After our conversation, I started to think about some other movies that use technology. And there's Lee Whannell's Upgrade, which was very good. And that's like a very... That's a very deep-themed sci-fi horror movie, and you know which technology is ubiquitous. And technology is also the the bad guy in that. Um, that. That's a really good example. Then we also have the other side of the pendulum with like the Belko experiment, where it's people are still the bad guys in it, but the technology in it is helping them facilitate their evil deeds. It's very interesting how you can go either direction of that where the technology is the bad thing or it's still humans that are bad but now they just have new tech tools to do their evil deeds with as i wrap things up here i want to thank jackie and kendell of terra nova again and ellie a bad critic if you want to follow either of these people head over to the show notes where i will have links to them i want to thank cadaver dogs for their promo swap links to their show will be in the show notes as well And thank you to everybody over at That's Not Canon Productions, which is a really awesome podcasting network that I'm a part of, and there's lots of good shows over there. Everybody be sure to check out the That's Not Canon podcasting network. Thank you to everybody who's been supporting the show. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at horror. Tag me on things. Let me know you're listening to the show. Share me with a friend. If you hate me, share me with an enemy. If you like to, you can support me at buymeacoffee.com slash horror. But if you don't want to support me that way, that's totally okay. Just share me with a friend or write me a nice review. I want to give a special thank you to Shelly. She has been so awesome. She is a supporter over at BuyMeACoffee.com. Thank you, Shelly. And Dustin has also been a supporter over there. Thank you, Dustin. Lastly, I would like to thank everybody that has reached out and said something encouraging or nice about my move or me doing my master's defense which i passed thank you everybody that reached out with nice words such as dustin Norissa, shelly jasher aureline thank you everybody for your support it really it really did mean a lot thank you so much everybody and i hope to be back with weekly episodes starting with the first week of september I really hope so. I will, you know, keep my fingers crossed. Um, if it is delayed, it'll only be delayed by another week, but I will keep you posted. Just be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brooker Horror. Links in the show notes. All right, guys, I am finally done. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.